What's going on, good people? What's going on? Another episode of Sauce Talk in the building. We got Lex from Sports Opinion Log. What's going on, Lex? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I can hear you loud and clear, Sauce. Thank you for inviting me. People Sportscaster here in the building. Going yes, sir. Sports, new media, we're here handling our business. Ultimate Maniacs, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The Ultimate Maniacs. I like the moniker. And we are here for the, uh, what do you say, the Chatty Parents and the... Adrian Masters and the Sheeple. Bring like the cattle I love it. Let's go. We appreciate you. And, you know, this is... And you, you're taking it better than me. I will say this. I'm going to open up by saying that you're taking it better than me. You are taking it way better than me. I, I open up this episode by saying that I am very upset. I am very, very upset. We are here two Yankee fans. Yes. After a sweep, a sweep of a team that I know I hate the most. I mean, they have, they have almost topped the Boston Red Sox, and I don't even think that's even possible. But once again, the Houston Astros ruins another season for the New York Yankees. And this time, like I said, they put it in a fashion where even when we tried our damnness and put runs on the board and played our hearts out in New York, it still comes out, us getting our asses whooped. So, Lex, like I said, how are you taking it? You, you're, you're in the heart of it. You're in the heart of it. You woke up with the people around it, the fans, the real hardcore fans. How are you taking it? How is New York taking it? Now that the New York Yankees are out of the postseason, you know how the postseason goes. You got your wild card. You got your your, your most coveted NL or ALDS. And then now you move on to the CS. And, the, and then you hear that. When you hear ALCS, it's kind of like, it's, it's go time. You're about to think about the bloody sock. You think about Derek Jeter making crazy plays. You think about all the good stuff. Because we can talk about the NL here in a second, but how is New York taking a sweep and a loss to the Houston Astros? Well, source talk, I'm going to keep it real with you. New York City is very weird, you know, um, because – it's not like you see a lot of people wearing jerseys and stuff. You know, obviously a lot of fitted hats, you know, kind of quiet. Nothing really going on on my social media. The people who are attacking me are, you know, the loser Met fans, Dodger fans, uh, Cleveland Guardians and Boston Red Sox fans, which is weird. Um, me, honestly... Uh, I was hoping that the Yankees could have won game four to avoid the sweep. And I was hoping that they would have lost in Houston, you know, because I had no, I had no belief that they could have come down from a three zero deficit because they could have won the previous three games. You know, they were that close. And uh, like I've said in my TikToks, Aaron judge is not that guy. His postseason playoff stats are abysmal. Just the way I found that the ending honestly was fitting. Judge at the plate. <laughs> you need a solo home run to tie the game. And he couldn't do it. Uh, the Yankees, of course, had multiple leads in game four. Yeah. Couldn't do it. 
uh, the thing about Nestor Cortez and the groin, you know, was he injured before he took to the mound? I mean, like, dude stayed in to um, give up a three-run shot, and he, you know, he, like Garrett Cole, you know, walked off the mound. Right. Um, and Garrett Cole, who I definitely didn't forgive for losing the Red Sox game, you know, the wild card last year, uh, was done before the end of the third inning. And for all the claims or his payroll, his paycheck defines him as an ace, but I've never felt that Garrett Cole was an ace. You know, um, he mentally is weak. He falls apart. As again, the errors that the Yankees made in game four, they made when Cole pitched. And what does he promptly do? Allow a two-run homer, loads the bases in the six, yeah. and had no issue giving Aaron Boone the baseball back. Excuse yeah. me, the baseball back. And mm -hmm. I'm watching the game like, wow, you won't even you won't even try to be like, leave me out here to to, you know, undo what I did. But you know what? To me, in my opinion, Garrett Cole was probably like, you know what, F these guys. <laughs> that you know, Bader and Judge like Tweedledee and Tweedledum in the outfield, you know, dropping balls. I yeah. can't overcome it so i'm sure his night was done so at the end of the day the reason what keeps me even keel is i'm older and two when i wake up i realize that these guys are multi-millionaires right they will, they will clean out their lockers they will never set foot in the bronx again until it's time for the season to start they will drive away wherever they live in connecticut or new jersey or wherever they live in the off season they have comfortable lives. So honestly, when the Yankees lose, as they've spent $3 billion since 2010, I'm <laughs> rich. Right? What's that phrase? Eat the rich. Eat the Yankees, I say. <laughs> right. I got you. I got you. And, you know, that's one of the things, like, with, I would say, with with that, when it comes down to that, like, that postseason, you know, flair and all that stuff, people talk about the Bronx and the, the Yankees, and then we had, Aaron Judge with the with the with the record of I would say the team record, the the team legendary record, breaking Roger Maris' home run record that was held by Babe Ruth. And and you before that, then you have Gary Cole with his strikeout record. And yeah. then I, I just, you know, it was so much built up with this postseason. Everybody kind of seemed to forgot about the slump that the Yankees went into heading into the postseason. And and you know. The hardcore fans understood it, but you know you had a lot of Yankee fans. You know, either Fairweather or you know, saying the casual, or you had some people forgot, you know, forget that the Yankees was not on a high running level at the end of the season, and and it you know it took a little bit of you know saying juice here and there to get you know saying that that kind of hope into the to the fan base. And that's why I, I would say that I took it kind of tough because I'm sitting there thinking, like, well, maybe there was a little bit of holding back, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Seems struggling here and there, some injuries. Let's not go too crazy. We can still limp into the playoffs. We can handle this. Until it hit the Cleveland Guardian series. Series. And it just, like, it showed that, no, we're not ready. And Cleveland almost got us out of there. And, you know, that's, that's, that's one of the things, too, when you look at it, you're like, oh, okay. This this Aaron Judge guy is the one that's really coming up short, and then you got pitching is coming up short. Like you mentioned, the fielding comes up short, 
And it's like, golly, man, we're a wreck. And then you have teams, you have people that hate the Yankees and proud and, and glad and cheering and all that stuff like that. And you got your Yankee fans miserable. So I just hated that it's the Houston Astros. I think if it would have been somebody, maybe at, at Cleveland, I wouldn't be too mad if Cleveland would have beat us. But it's just like the Astros, I think it adds a sting for me if it was them or the Boston Red Sox uh, or messing around be the Rays. But, you know, it's it, 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 it's just one of those things where I don't want to see them succeed. So I'm, I'm heavily going for the Phillies. They got it done. What an amazing call, but I forgot what his name was, Joe Davis, when he said Bryce Davis had a swing of his – swung for his life, you know, a swing of his life. That was one of the great calls I've ever heard. So, like, it's it's some things I could be, you know, since still kind of up about with baseball. It's like I want to see the Phillies take out the Astros. So, Friday at 8 o'clock, we'll find that out. If that's going to be a, a, a great series, it's going to be a, a, a sweep, another sweep for the Astros, or is this – Phillies team really about that life because some players on that team were at other spots and we were sitting there just wondering how good they could be. You know, Cal Schwerber went to the Boston Red Sox, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, Bryce Harper, where he was at the Nationals, you you know, saying you you had you had all of this, you know, this this flashy talent and you got it with some other pieces that is really showing up well with the Phillies. So it's like there's some still life in me where I'm not hanging my head to where I can start, where I can sit there and see the Astros go down so I can still say I enjoyed baseball. But I am a little hate. I'm hurt, and I'm feeling a little hateful a little bit about my Yankees being out in the way they did, they went out. But I like what you said. We're grown, and we understand that these guys are professionals. They make a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're not – I mean, you, you got some guys are pissed. I mean, Gary Cole was kind of with – that he was take that he was you know was pros to taking out so maybe him walking off is kind of like you want to take me out I didn't want to get taken out so I mean it was that so I mean like I just there's no real captain on the team I didn't there's no Jeter on the team so I mean like I think that I think of that as well and I don't you know me and you've had talks about Boone so that's just how I am right there but how do you feel on the NL side about the Phillies you know knocking off the Padres how do you think about the Phillies chance of beating the Astros you know, Bryce Harper really on his shit. What do you think about the Phillies? So, uh, as I mentioned on my TikToks, and thank you for asking me, you know, I definitely do regret that I did pick the Phillies early uh, in the in the season um, when they had played the wild card game. However, I did not pick for them uh, against the Atlanta Braves being, you know, defending world champions. Mm-hmm. Turned out mistake, uh, and because of that, I stuck with the Padres to defeat the Phillies. Even though I had said that the Phillies had the great Red October slogan, Bryce Harper's hitting the ball, their bullpen turned it around, and it's honestly like baseball is so crazy. So I'm kind of gonna go sidebar real quick with something that you had made mention too. That when it comes to the social and media manipulation, right? Right. People they they condemn the Yankees. Oh, the Yankees are too home run happy. But the Houston Astros, eighty five percent of their offense came from the home run. <laughs> you know, yeah. the Philadelphia Phillies, their offense came from the home run. 
Like, especially yeah. the game where they beat them, like, what, 10, 10 4, 10, 6? Mm-hmm. With the Padres dropping four home runs. But yet people are always like, oh, the Yankees need home runs in the playoffs to win. Uh, clearly, any team needs home runs in the postseason to win. You know, I, I really hate that people vilify the Yankees for this inability to play small ball, right? But guys are putting men on base. Right. And they're putting the ball in the stands. And I thought that the Padres' bullpen had enough to overcome the Phillies, but the Phillies just battered their bullpen. I was like, didn't see that coming. But to talk to you real quick now about Bryce Harper, MV3, MVP. And I've said on Twitter, Bryce Harper is better than Aaron Judge. And this is why. Yeah. Judge, I knew that the Yankees were going to get swept, honestly, when after game three, Aaron Judge was like, we need to get back to having fun on the field. Oh, Lord. If that's 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 the epitome of loser talk, you know? What's <laughs> your way? We have to get back to making the game fun? No. You, you don't get that in the postseason, okay? Yeah. It's nitty-gritty time, <laughs> man. Have fun. You got to dominate. But the yeah. at home, you could see them choking. You yeah. could see them getting tight. Meanwhile, Bryce Harper's going viral. He's hitting 400-plus foot home runs. He's hitting oppo-boppo home runs. He's saying, this is my effing house. He's running his hands across the logo. I know you've seen that, right, Sostalk? Mm-hmm. Oh, I did indeed. Piece and of shit. This is Bryce Harper's first playoff in Philly with the Phillies. Hey, and he had he had uh, Miles Teller on 10 at that damn game. He was losing his damn mind at that damn game. And, you know, he's got Philly. He got Philly in a whole other level as far as, like, when the Eagles won it or when the, when the, uh, when the Eagles won it, it was like, you know, the big bill being involved and all whenever. The 76ers making a big time playoff push when they was one shot away from uh, Kawhi, uh, Kawhi shot away from going to a, a Eastern Conference Finals. But this right here, like the Phillies, you know, since I mean, you know, I, like I said, I, I try to be an historian, but it's like I remember Phillies back in the day when if if it's the me, correct me if I'm wrong, but then they have the, the likes of like uh, uh, Mike Schmidt. Ryan guys Howard. like that. Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard. Roy Holiday. Uh, Roy Holiday. Chase Utley. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, uh, what's what's his? Uh, I, I, I cannot regret who's the catcher's name, man. Um, that's gonna kill me. But that that team right there. Oh, Brandon. Uh, 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 what was the uh, the shortstop's name? Help me, Jesus. Did he Gregorius? No. Well, Hollins. 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 Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I. He was a monster. He was a he was the best player on that team. He was the best player on that team that short stop, man. I, that was one of my favorite teams. Even if you go back to the 70s with the with the Phillies, man. The, the, you know what I'm saying? Like those guys, like the Phillies had good times, you know what I'm saying, and those uniforms and the fans. You know what I'm saying? You know Philly fans. Yes. So I mean, this is gonna be lit, you know what I'm saying? And I, I hope they take down the Astros, man. I got respect for Jordan Soriano. I got respect for that guy. 
when that team caught the Astros. But other than that, I don't really don't like that team. Well, and they, they're good to get back here, man. You know, for them, if they're not cheating, if they if they're done with their cheating ways and however they try to do stuff, they are a good team. And I didn't understand that they needed to do that to get to where they are. Just if they if they got here if they got to this point on natural. If they got to the World Series without doing any type of technology bullshit cheating or whatever like that, I I will I'll give them respect to saying, hey, they can do it and get back here, man. They're a good well to put together a team. I just don't understand why they had to do that against the uh, 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 the field the first time. Yeah, I feel you on that. And, you know, they try to always sweep it under the rug, tell them about, oh, there's only three players from that original team. It's not going to end until everybody's gone. So I don't care if there's one player left. You know what I'm saying? You can't sweep cheating like that under the rug because the commissioner didn't do right by the fans. And he should have suspended the entire team f- for that season. Yeah, he should. You know, I mean, when you say no one gets punishment, what message are you sending? Like it's beyond absurd. To be honest yeah. with you. And then you know you you put them you put those guys in harm's way because you got pitchers sitting there taking aim at them after that season. I mean, you had pitchers going for the heads, and you know. Well, well no. Luckily, remember the pandemic hit. So they, oh yeah, sure did, sure yeah. did. But, but yeah. I, I remember. But I, even after the pandemic, I remember it was still some heated shit. I remember it was. That's why I remember some Astros still got got some got some heat thrown at them. Yeah, but it wouldn't. But it was less than what they would have gotten. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, I agree. Yeah, for sure. Because sure. you know people's, uh, you know mentality. You know, like <laughs> people yeah. care past five years. You know, yeah. that is true. That is true. Um, what what do you like? Um, do you think do you think Bryce Harper is like what do you what do you where do you think Bryce Harper is at right now? He's on another. Like no, I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about right now as saying like if you if you say what because this is what his eighth year. Uh, I don't have the stats on how long he's been in the league, but I he's been about between six or eight, six okay. or eight years, I want to say. And if you look at that in the in the time span of saying successful, you know, you were like, I, I just called off some players, but yes. it was on the Phillies team. That's crazy as that. But if you think about some other players that's coming up, or even like if you say a Chris Bryant, a Buster Posey, um, um, players like, uh, or if you think of an outfield, you know. Hell, we can think of some Yankees, some you know Bernie Williams. Uh, um, if you think of some players like, um, hell, Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, like, how where do you put Bryce Harper right now at this point of as as his baseball status? Is he like somebody that we can forget? Is he is he making his name to where like we're not forgetting about this guy? Well, definitely not. Bryce Harper is definitely. Top five. I would definitely put him at top five right now. Uh-huh. And honestly, this is very fitting for him because let's not forget when the Nationals traded him, yeah. they ended up going to and winning the World Series without yeah, him. Sure did. Yeah, so this is someone you definitely want to see winning the World Series. You know, I'm with you. I'm with you, I'm with you on that because that's something that you said that because you know. The one person that I was happy who got that World Series was uh, Steven Strasburg. 
And, you know, I was kind of like at the point where I was like, man, I ain't care if Bryce Harper got that record. I'm happy Charles Brett got it, you know. And and now here's the opportunity for Bryce Harper to get it. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him because, I, 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 like I said, I was a, one of the people that was sitting there mad that I didn't get to go see him when he was right down the street, you know what I'm saying, playing at the, uh, at the power park wherever I live. And, you know, just at a time where I just wasn't, you know what I'm saying, trying to go watch the minor league baseball, but I was – knowing who Bryce Harper was because he was the guy that was on ESPN people talked about. Then he got drafted, and then he was on the minor league team. I said, I might go check him out. And I didn't. And I hated that I didn't do that. And uh, that's that's one of the things where, like, of course I was sitting there geeking, trying to watch the news, clip the sports clip, and they were showing the highlights and all the stuff like that. I'm like, oh, okay, Bryce Harper was here. And now he's this, you know, superstar in baseball. But, you know, as we did talk about the popularity of baseball and how big a star you can be, but I think Bryce Harper has kind of broke the wall of being kind of more known than Mike Trout. Don't you agree? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So, with, with, I would say with, um, I would definitely say with, with, with the, them being in the World Series, it's kind of like, well, it's not like, man, we needed the Dodgers to be in the World Series. No, no, we didn't. You know, so we didn't really need the Yankees to be in the World Series. I mean, so, but um, it's it, it it's one of those it's one of those things where you know how do we how do we assess this World Series is like compared to some others in the past. I look at this one as kind of like whenever the I would say a little bit younger, of course, younger, but I, I look back whenever the Giants played against the Angels, or like when the um. Or this could be like a team kind of like like when when the, the old Phillies with, with Ryan Howard on them with the young, fun players and had some veteran players in there, like you mentioned, where Halliday and stuff like that, that they able they was able to get that done. So like I, I'm I'm looking at this Phillies team as like one to kind of remember because like you said, they're knocking the ball at the park at an alarming rate. And they can do that in this World Series, but it's just the pitching that powers that be the Houston guys for some reason that because the Yankees were so good at hitting the ball at the park, they was able to negate that for a good part of the series. So it's going to be fun to watch. I'm going to watch the series just for the strength on that. Yeah. And, you know, sadly, uh, on TikTok, I was defending uh, Cashman and Boone. But as I've been going through the numbers on tick on Twitter, excuse me, it seems that the Yankees actually payroll wise could have afforded Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. So uh, mm. Ed, I'm definitely down for some firings. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Okay. And before we move off of baseball, I got a question for you. What is the future for Mr. Boone? What do you, what is your honest opinion about his future? I mean, like again, the Yankees were decimated by injuries. You know, he had to put out what he had on the field. I know people were questioning his bullpen decisions, but guess what? The Yankees had lost over five pitchers in the bullpen. So mm -hmm. it really wasn't much to work with, to be honest with you. Chapman quit on the team. Yeah. Green, Michael King, Scott Efros, uh, Zach Britton, you know, like I already just named five off the – oh, Marinaccio. Yeah. So, you know, I'm definitely not a fan of coaches or managers being fired when they have teams that get that are felled by the injury bug, you know, 
So with that being said, if they keep him, you know, hey, whatever. The Yankees are a billion-dollar entity, you know? if they, w- mm-hmm. w- What am I going to say? Oh, I'm not going to go to any Yankee games next season because Aaron Boone's the manager? No, I'll still take my ass to Yankee Stadium when they have those promos of 5 and $20 tickets and I'll <laughs> take my seat and watch a game. Facts. <laughs> yeah, because it, it, like you said, it's, it's Yankee baseball, man. It's like people will go see the Lakers, people will go see the Cowboys, people will go see the Cat thing. Uh, 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 Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, like it, it's those teams is going to have that 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 passion, no matter if you win or lose. And you know that's 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 the bottom line. But uh, action going on in the, in the weekend that happened early on the day because you know it was out in Dubai, but we had UFC 280, and um, that was something that you know um, me and the future guests were going to have. Uh, we're gonna talk some uh, NBA and, and, and talk about that as well. But I got you on here. We can talk about UFC 280 um, ahead of that. But uh, I, I just, I, I just, I looked at this pay per view as kind of like, man, they put a lot of good matches. In it. I didn't had no idea that it was in Dubai. Like, like, like that's funny. I'm getting pumped up for this pay per view, and I forgot that it was in Dubai. I'm playing in a basketball league, and I'm still not knowing that this pay per view started at 2 p.m. So oh I'm, I'm looking at my phone. I'm looking down. I said, oh, whoa, whoa. I said, oh, I got to go. I said, I got to get out of here. Because you know, people are sitting there talking about playing another one and all that stuff like that because we didn't finish playing our game. But, it, you know, it was while gagging around. Well, I might have stayed until about 3 or 4 o'clock. Mm. But I looked down and I saw where it was starting to, man. I, man, I jetted out of there. God, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't see my taillights. But I, when I got home and got it, everything got going, I had saw where the first two undercar fights were going on that I wasn't really paying attention to. So, getting to the to the nitty gritty, you know, sugar sugar Sean O'Malley, you know, what I'm saying somebody that you know I've been looking at as someone like okay, he's entertaining, he's he's entertaining on a level of being on social media. He's got a couple good knockouts, and then when I saw he got beat, I said, okay, now how can he just for that? He got a couple wins in a row. I said, okay, so now he's getting to fight Peter Yan, somebody who's been in two championship fights, five rounds. He fought. You know, against a bit Adrian Sterling, one was on a disqualification type, and then on the second one, it went to all the five rounds, and Adrian got the victory. Now we are into this fight right here, where it's a three round fight. John is, has fought a three round fight, and, and and you know, well, he fought a three round fight before this one, got him out of there. Um, so fighting a three round to the decision fight, how do you think Jan took that? You know, saying so how do you think he handled that? Do you think he won the fight? Give me your opinion on that fight, and I give mine. You go ahead and go first, Lex. All right, sir. Sugar <laughs> Sean O'Malley with his two point five million Instagram followers. Right. He's definitely about that lifestyle. He comes and delivers. Uh, shout out to my sister who came through. Uh, Harpy's Fury on the gram, uh, and like you said, you know. I, like you, didn't find out to, like, Friday evening, you know, that it was a 2 p.m. start, you know? So thank goodness for the Nationwide Sports Leader pumping the purchase this pay-per-view stuff, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, facts. Yeah, you, like you said, you got to get a shout-out to that because that, that is what you call clutch. Yes. And like, I, like I said, I always give my shout-outs to the, you know, to the, to the to the unknowns out there, man. Appreciate y'all. <laughs> uh, so um, as much as I was going for Sean O'Malley, I felt that Peter Yan had won, you know, mm-hmm. but 
I just thought different. So I am definitely not going to complain. Got you. At the okay. end, oh, he, he had him open. You know, he made a bleed. And however, you know, he definitely, what I'm more concerned, honestly, not with how the fight played out, but his interview, his post-fight interview, where he seems kind of reluctant at being shot, honestly. Yeah, I, I think, um, I think one of the, the one of the things about Sugar Sean O'Malley was was that like his 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 post fight, you know, it was one thing. We we'll go back to Andre Ward when he had the win against uh, Kovalev on the first fight. Everybody talked about his reaction when it was like. And still, you know what I'm saying? Like, his face was like, oh, I won. And it was kind of like, you're Andre Ward. You're undefeated. Like, you you, you know he's supposed to have that reaction. And when Sugar Sean has the reaction of, like, dog, I change people's careers. You know what I'm saying? Like, I hit people. I do this. And he's got all this flash stuff. His reaction was like, oh, I won. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. And it's like. Dog, like you gotta, you gotta act like you won, and you know I, and I'm, and I'm one of the people that felt like he won, and his reaction was just not good enough, and you know that would make people really upset, like a Khabib Nurmagomedov who was in the background, who was sitting there saying like, damn man, like I, I don't know about that one, but I like what Ajamin said, you know, hey, he got the decision, he he did enough, you know, he was like, but he was like, could have went either way. The, the, the term saying they could have went either way is kind of like a cop-out saying, but it's not in this instance because it really could have because Jan in the first round, he kind of gave it up, and he didn't attack. He didn't push like he did in the second round, and when he tried to do it in the third round, he got caught. So, I mean, in the months that he got caught, and he got took down. So, I mean, like, all the way he did possibly was in the second round, so people want to sit there and say, what well, he won the fight, but it's like he did all that stuff in the second round. You can't give a man a win for one round of business. So, I mean, like, I, I, I looked at if it had been a five-round fight, he could have won a five-round fight, but it was a three-round fight. In a five-round fight, he's more, in a, in a, he's more, uh, he was, of course, he's got more experience in it because he, O'Malley hasn't had one yet. So yeah. it's like, it's, it's, it's to the point to where O'Malley was like, hey, you in my game to where, like, I got that first round, so you're going to have to, I got to win one more. You go back and watch that fight five million times, you watch that first round, Jan lost it. So that third round was crucial, and I don't think he won it. If people would think he did, I would love to see the, the breakdown or explanation of how he did it. But I really did see him land some good counter shots. He landed about two of them, and then he tried for a takedown, and O'Malley got the takedown. But then O'Malley tried to do the trip at the end, and then he he gave, fell down. And that was a moment I was like, damn, why'd you give that up? Because then you might give up a couple ground and pound punches, but it wasn't that serious. It wasn't that too serious. So – you know, that's that's is what it is right here. So moving on to the question two, my good friend over here who just entered the building. We got Chaz right here. What was your take on the fight? If you you know what I'm saying if you got a real good uh, take I of didn't, it, uh, only caught the after you know the the highlights. But I seen his whole post interview, and what I took from it was that. <sighs> I think he was happy with it, but at the same time, he knew he got caught. He knew he got rocked a couple times. Mm -hmm. And I think just him being – because I've seen a little bit of him, like not a whole lot. I'm not going to act like I know this man inside and out. But I, he's pretty upfront, yeah. And he's very retrospect. Like he, yeah. he's going to take everything. 
So I, I didn't have a problem. I was, I actually enjoyed his post game because it was because uh, what's McCall was trying to get him to be yeah. yeah like that, and he was like, nah, yeah, I gotta yeah, go cool, back yeah. and watch this. Right. I gotta like he wasn't all the way happy because he knew he got hit a few times right with some good ones right, and and I think and I think getting to that point which you just said right there is a good point. And and Lex, you may agree with this, is that him being that being a demeanor, maybe just saying like, "Look, man, this is a whole new, whole new area that I'm in." I was, you know, fighting just with people like Sugar Show, the Sugar Show. He his he, you know, it's kind of like in WWE. And Lex, you can you can relate to this WWE where you have a side show type guy that might be bigger than a heavyweight champion, and you know, you always got that guy that's got that type of the Miz. You got somebody like that. You got somebody like, uh, 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 you know, I'm just trying to think of names, but the Miz is the first one I thought of. You know, Chris Jericho was like at a, at a lot of – at one point. I remember William Regal was like that, you know, people coming up. To where their side show stuff, they're, they're you know, saying the, the you know, Brutus, Brutus Barber Beacon had the, had the barber show and all that stuff like that. Sugar Show was that. He was that in the UFC where you like, hey, man, you want to see this guy fight somebody that may have a record of, say, like, they may be like, like six and two. They might be up and coming. That they're fighting the Sugar Show. He's now entering a level. He is now in a level to where, bro, you're gonna be fighting twos and ones. You're gonna be your number one contender now. You might get a title shot against Ajame. He mentioned your name, so I think his demeanor was like, "Well, this is real shit." And you know, this is this is serious now. I think he took a more like, "I'm t- I'm not gonna be flashy talking shit because now I'm in the shit. I won this fight. He maybe thought he did couldn't win it." wholeheartedly. And, you know, I'm here to sell it. I'm here to make a check because we're going to move on to the other point to somebody that I didn't appreciate, but we're going to move on to that. Okay. We, we It's a point to where and I almost call it as a good segue or not, but, like, I'm going to talk about T.J. Dillashaw real quick. Yes. You knew you tore your shoulder in April? There's no way in hell that you are going to sit there and try to labor in that fight. It's so far away that you're going to sit there and try to labor that shoulder. You dislocated it 20 times, you said. <laughs> 20 times. I couldn't stop laughing when he said that. I said he said that on national, international television. And the boss said that. He said that on international television. Dana White's face probably got so damn red, it probably thought it was a damn cherry. He said I dislocated it 20 times. And then, man, I sit there and got to this fight. You knew you was top liver, man. That man could have fought somebody else. He could have fought Sugar Shane O'Malley. He could have got his title fight that day. I just, I was very upset with TJ Dillashaw because I was pumped up that he was coming back. But if you're not ready in this in this sport where you can get really hurt in the first 15 seconds, your shoulder pop out like a goddamn GI Joe. What are you doing? That's embarrassing. Well, honestly, what he's doing is no different, and I hate to compare apples to oranges on the side, oh, but he's no different than uh, Nesta Cortez, like, right? What was his yeah. issue? People are saying that he shouldn't have even been on the mound, period. You okay. know what I mean? But here's, Man- the, here, but here's the difference. Here's the difference, though, Lex. Here's the difference. No difference saying, like, okay, um, Cortez is like, you know, Cortez is saying, like, well, I'm going to go out here and give it a go. You know what my, my problem is. I'm going to give it a go. You know, sometimes the fans may not be all the way up aware and stuff like that. But you look at this and say, like, LaDainian Thomas in the AFC Championship when he couldn't go. You know, that's, football is a balanced sport. 
and, and where people try to call him weak or whatever like that, I still had his back. It's a lot of people did. Like that man, like he, what you wanted LT to do, he could not do in that field or on that stage. This is not no priest. This is not no regular season game where you're like, oh, yeah, he's going to give it a go. And you thinking just because it is this type of magnitude that he could go out there with that type of injury and do that, yeah, maybe a Curtis Bart maybe did it. That was in the regular season. You know what I'm saying? Like you got these stories of these guys are playing hurt and stuff like that. And it's like, man, he's going to hurt the team. You know, T.O. didn't hurt the team because when he did it, you know, he came out of uh, came out of injury, he was ready to rock and roll and showed it. So it's like Nestor Cortez, like, I'm going to give it the best I can and see where it go, and it just didn't work. And then, you know, I hated that it gave up a, a jack, but it's like, you kind of, you know what I'm saying? He gave it a go. But with right. the fight game, it's totally different when you're a person where let arm locks and shit is involved and your shoulder is that, that compromised. I just felt like, man, you could have told Dana White, look, man, let me get some time to get the shoulder right. Give me a tune-up fight. I'm TJ Dillashaw. You're not, you, you didn't lose the belt, son. It's not going nowhere. So, I mean, I just felt like that money, the, the payday had heavily, heavily, heavily influenced his decision. Oh, for sure. That was the first thing. That was the first and foremost. I, mean, that, yeah. I think that's the only thing. Right. It don't matter that. He but should we, not have been in that. He should have been in that. Been in that guy, but that I think money I, was there. right. But I think if he's being one of Dana White's favorite, I don't think Dana White was gonna let him be fucked up. Well, mm-hmm. well thankfully, thanks to my sister, uh, she had played the Dana White, you know, post-fight interview. Uh-huh. Them, he said he mentioned nothing to me. Oh Lord, and yeah. see that, and that would get you on the bad side of Dana White. And see, that's what I'm saying. Like, if if you. And just coming right there from the sports opinion log from Lex Anderson right there himself sitting there saying with Dana White say, Hey, he didn't tell me nothing about it. He didn't tell me nothing about it. That's 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 hurtful right there, man. You're done. He, he did You're not done. because you know I know about Dana White. That man, whenever he knew he couldn't trust BJP, and that man flew all the way to Hawaii. I was like, What up, BJ? What you doing? You ain't training, you ain't running, what you are surfing? Oh hell no. Now, I imagine he did that with other guys, GSP, uh, uh, Tim Silva. I know he did that with guys like Rampage, Randy Couture's. I know he did that for uh, uh, Chuck Liddell's, uh, Tito Ortiz. So I know that whenever he was probably giving T.J. Dillashaw the one benefit of doubt, he was like, I ain't going to tell him. <laughs> wow, man, that's crazy. That's wow. That's wow. And then you look at Al Jermaine, he's like, I got to go ahead and do my job. I got to do my job. That man pummeled him. He beat the shit out of him. He beat the hell out of him. Yes, he did. I mean, damn. The referee should have stopped that fight like four blows ago. (laughs) On international TV, that man said, man, I heard this shit in April, and I dislocated 20 times. Do you think Dana White would have took that better if he had pulled pulled him to the side or in, in the locker room like, man? My shoulder was kind of it was kind of fucked up, but I didn't want to. You think Dana White probably would have took it a little better? But the fact you on fucking international TV. Yeah, but remember you got to you got to get that Dubai money and stuff. And let's also be real, Dillashaw, seeing him with the beard, he ain't he ain't young no more. The right. Closing. Yeah. The closing. So yeah. This yeah. fight. You know, again, he didn't disclose any information. And let's not forget, just a sidebar real quick. Remember when Mayweather took on Manny Pacquiao 
Mm-hmm. Pacquiao's like, oh, I was injured. I got hurt in training. And it's he like, wow. Oh. So you sell all these people on the mega fight only for you to say that you were hurt. I you think, I, like- I, I, I honestly think Pacquiao was lying, but go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Man, that, listen. Bro, that wasn't I, Manny Pacquiao. I, I don't think, listen. I seriously think Manny Pacquiao was lying about his shoulder because Manny Pacquiao was talking about when he beat Floyd Mayweather, he was going to pray. He was going to show him the Bible and read scriptures to him, and he was going to make him be a better human and then all this shit. When I beat Pac- when I beat Manny Mayweather, I'm going to show make him a better human. I'm going to read him Bible verses. He kept saying it, and like it was re- it was just really getting him a nerve, but he just kept saying it. And I just remember whenever Floyd beat the living trash out of him, and embarrassed him in that ring, and after that fight, that man had to think something. I mean, you you may sit there and think like, oh, all people, all races, all colors, they giant turkeys. They, they, that man turned into a giant turkey right there, man. Yeah. He could. You can't hit the man. No, 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 no. You watch that fight just like I did. It had nothing to do with defense, the way those punches looked, and the way they were just short and soft. There was nothing. No, you're not going to do I'm, that. I'm you're not, not going to do that. I'm not, not going to go into a point about that fight because that fight's been over with. But you can't say that. Okay. I'm not okay. going to. I'm not going to sit there and say. I'm not going to sit there and say that Manny Pacquiao looked off out there, man. That man was he. Was, off. No, he, off. no way. No way. No, yeah, no, 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 no,
where Pacquiao feels like, oh, I can still fight. I can still fight. He tried to fight you guys. He tried to fight Earl Spence for crying out loud. He would have died in there, but he would have died in there. I repeat, he would have died in there. He would have <laughs> died in there, man. It would have been bad. But so it's just like, I look at that as like, why not? I'll watch it. So, I mean, like, we dare to watch Tyson fight again. I'll watch that too. So, I mean, why not? I would love to see. Uh, I would. I, I would love to see uh, uh, Roy Jones. I would love to see Roy Jones and Bernard Hopkins just fight one more time. Just fight one more time. Just just watch it. Because now it's at the age where it's like viewing content like that is now. It's like, okay, it's not as light as how I would think it would be where it would be like if they were two pros lining up to fight. So I don't know. But moving on to the to the to the main event. What was your what what was your what was your take on Charles Oliveira's like you know what I'm saying demeanor before the fight? Did you think that he was like like damn man I, I ain't gonna win this? Did you think that he had that confident? He looked worried going in that octagon, man. Because Islam Mikhail is a boulder of a lightweight. Like he's like a little boulder. He's like a muscle. Like he's he's could be times two. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he 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 could probably wrestle a bear as well. But did you think that like Charles Oliver had a, a worried look on his face? I feel that he came in knowing that he would win back the belt because he had lost the belt because he had lost it due to not making weight. Right. The first UFC champion to have lost the belt to the scale, you know. Uh. But I tell you what, though, for someone who's very good on his back, <clears throat> excuse me, when he got taken down, the way Ismael jumped on him and put him in that arm triangle, I'm like, oh, it's over already? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was like, <laughs> I, like, like, they don't understand how good these Russians are, you know what I'm saying, you know, are at wrestling, like, like, Man, it's it's unbelievable how quick he able he like when he and you know I, I would I would put it this way it wasn't like he took him down easy or nothing like that I think Charles Oliveira made a mistake by going for a flying knee when he was out of range it was kind of like showy it was kind of like well he maybe he he tried to time maybe he might step into it maybe he might thought a shoot he was going for a shoot maybe but to throw that flying knee the way he did I don't think it was good timing to do it and they got him compromised he got hit in the chest and then once he got in the chest that right hand came clocked him and he hit the head and he fell back and at that point he was probably thinking let me cover up he's going to try to throw the ground a pound and and Micah Evans like oh slide on over here slide on over here and just clinged on it I mean it was he, he did it so fast he had no choice but to choke because his arm it's not a regular lightweight arm. I mean, like, let's be real. I mean, <laughs> like, and I'm and I'm glad that Volkanovski, who was a 230-pound rugby player at one point, was able to sit there and drain himself all the way down to fucking 150 pounds, excuse my friend. But I'm glad the fact that he would want to go up to 170 pounds to fight. I mean, or, 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 or I, mean, he, I mean, yeah, to go, go move up to 170 pounds to fight. Um in, in the lightweight division to fight uh, um, Islam Mikhaev. He got an octagon. He sit there and said, hey, let's do it. And let's have a, you know, a double champ fight or whatever like that. And that'd be cool because 
you know, Conor McGregor did it. Why not you? And you, are you at? I don't think have any problem making that weight. So I mean, like he, he's a strong guy as a wrestler. It'll be an interesting match. And you know, it, you know, Oliveira will win that next match. But it's like we gotta look at what's gonna be more entertaining. And right now, Oliveira, you know, he is entertaining. But I, I think he does deserve a rematch, but not back to back because it just that fight is juicy. That fight is juicy. I mean, I have to, I have to say. Well, Oliveira doesn't deserve a rematch because it was a vacated title technically yeah, yeah so, true that is yeah back down the rankings you go <laughs> right that's facts bro that's yeah. that is true and you know he, he you know that was one of the things where it's like you got to fully prepare and you got to be ready and you know and that's one of the times where he probably he regretting it and i think the walk out of the octagon was just kind of like damn man i fucked up and you know he said what he said hey i told dana let me get the next one i ain't gonna you know it just hey bro you're gonna have to take that back seat Sad to say. Sad to say. But, you know, coming up, you know, heading up November, you know, the the Stylebender going up against, uh, uh, was, I can't I always forget his freaking uh, last name. Was it Teixeira? Alex. Or, uh, a- a- Alex. Alex, what is it? Uh, it's Alex Pereira. Yeah, Pereira. Yeah, Pereira. Pereira. It's Pereira. Alex Pereira. Jesus, I, I, man, I don't know why I was sitting there thinking, see, yeah, Alex Pereira, he knocked out the stylebender in kickboxing. I mean, knocked him out, caught him with a left hand and just dropped it. He folded him. Like, I'm talking about folded him. So, I mean, this is going to be interesting to see now that, you know, stylebender, he's got, a, he's got a loss, you know, trying to fight a light heavyweight, which I thought he was foolish of doing. He went back down to his weight class and, you know, he got his title. But if this is a dangerous fight. He's got. He's looking at a man who's beat him before, but he's in a totally different ball game. What do you think is going to happen in that? I'm hoping that Israel Adesanya comes through. Uh, however, he does put forth lackluster pay per views. Mm-hmm. So, um, kind of on the fence. Yeah, and I, this prayer guy, man, his last fight, he he folded the guy. I mean, like he was like, "Hey, I'm gonna show you what I did to the stout bender." Yeah, but you know what? That was the kickbox. That was in the kickboxing stage. You yeah, know, yeah. And things might play out totally different. Good. And unfortunately, I've seen too many title fights where the guys, what they did to get there, isn't how they win it, and they wind up losing. Right. So that's always my concern. Yeah, that 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 is that is a concern. And, you know. One of the big things concerning say in boxing is that they're to try to get fights done. And uh, you know, one of those things is that I'm hearing is that which is sad that Terrence Crawford has decided to sit there and take a fight uh against a you know a no name but he's gonna make ten million dollars, blah blah blah. I think he was trying to look up to try to bully his way to make more money than Errol Spence in a fight if they got a fight together, which that just don't make sense. You don't sell like Errol Spence, he's so Way better in Dallas Stadium than you will ever do in a in a in a tiny arena. Like, come on, give me a break. So it's like he didn't want to. He didn't want to. You know, I think it was a little bit more hesitant to want to really go in there and take an L or not too, and you know, and want to not get that conversation. And you know, Earl Spence is looking at it like, bro, you 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 weak. You know, what I'm saying like, here we got the fight right here. We can have the fight before the year ends, and you scared. Bottom line, here the fight was now it was looking like it was going to be in January which was going to be stupid. Now it's not going to happen at all. So we're going to watch Terrence Crawford fight in December against this bum, you know, and beat him 
And, and you know what I'm saying? It just it does not going to make no sense. He's done nothing in the 147 pounds. And Errol Spence has done way more. So I didn't understand him thinking that he was going to make more money. But uh, but but what, what maybe brought me to this point is that now I'm hearing that now that Tank Davis is looking to, looking to fight Ryan Garcia, that this fight is an agreed, is not set, that there's an agreement that they're going to fight each other. So hopefully that this fight day gets made and then, and, you know, the boxing world will get a little bit happy because UFC don't have problems setting fights up, as we can see as soon as Adesanya won his fight and uh, Herrera won his fight, Pereira won his fight, they, this fight was made immediately. Like literally the next couple weeks, they was like, yeah, this fight's happening this day, da-da-da, boom. It's made. No ifs, ands, or buts. It's made. So it's like that happened so quick, you will think that it would happen in the boxing world as well. But, you know what I'm saying, it's tough to do. And, you know, but, you know, these fights get made, some, you know, sometimes, and you know, we were like, whoa, we finally got it. But it's just too much politics in it and too much promoters that wants to make too much of the pie. And, you know, you got some promoters that don't, they got enough money to where they don't give a damn. And I think Al Heyman is one of them. I think you look at somebody like a, um, I think in the powers of the Golden Boy promotions or somebody linked with, say, with like an Eddie Hearn. I know I'm throwing out some names that y'all maybe don't know, but it's promoters in the game that, you know, they, they want that big piece of the pie. And and, and they're going to try to get fighters with crazy deals, fight deals where you have a four, five, five deal, fight deal that we don't know. You know, as casual fans or hardcore fans that know or whatever like that, but if we don't know that sometimes that these deals are limited to say, hey, man, we're going to fight. You're going to fight who we tell you to fight. You know what I'm saying? You may want to fight this fight, but it don't make enough money or this may not do this, may not do enough for us. This guy's on the A side, blah, blah, blah. A lot of times promoters do prevent fights. But in this instance, Terrence Crawford don't have a promoter. Mm. Errol Spence has a promoter that is willing to make this fight happen. It's plenty clear. The contract, being point being. Terrence Crawford has no promoter. He is not in top rank no more. He's not with Bob Arum, who is the ultimate shark, who's somebody who's been up with the likes of Don King, for crying out loud. So he knows all the tricks and trades. That's why the Pacquiao-Floyd fight took so long to get made, because of Bob Arum. He's mm-hmm. like Don King. He's the Don King. He's the, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they both knew how to do the game. And, you know, and, and drew that fight, but he made Pacquiao fight. This guy after this guy didn't fight, made him fight the same guy three freaking times. Made him fight him three times. And you know, the, the crazy thing about Bob Aaron was he made Pacquiao go from 147 to 135. Like, how dare you? You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know, you did this. And then, you know, it, well, uh, and then one of the five things was at 140. But whenever, then whenever that fighter wanted to move up to fight Floyd, it was all made up of propaganda saying, oh, Floyd bully and fighting a little guy. But y'all want him to fight Pacquiao. They're the same size. So this makes some sense into this. And y'all want to call this guy a legend. So this is why I say the, the framework gets a little fucked up with Floyd. And that's why I say that that shoulder shit is bullshit. But that's what that's why I think when he tries to, to, to avoid with Tank Davis, say with Ryan Garcia, because Ryan Garcia has the popularity. He has the IG. He has the TikTok world. He has all that. He can go in the Nickelodeon Award. Tank can't go in the Nickelodeon Award. Ryan Garcia <laughs> can. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, like, he's not going to get into that to where it's like, oh, Tank's scared or this, whatever, like that. If this fight's going to get made now, it's made now because I think there's a little bit of maturity now in the Ryan Garcia camp. And maybe there is a belief to say, hey, man, you go out there and beat this man, but now make this money because now you're not going to start selling. 
Because people are going to be like, no, we want Brian Garcia to start fighting bigger names. Because now we've seen Devin Haney do it. We've seen, you know, we've seen, uh, 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 we've seen Tank do it on a little bit of, I ain't going to sit there and say he's fought a huge name. We've seen guys do it. So it's time for Ryan Garcia to do it. Tiafimo's done it. Uh, Loma's done it. You know, all these guys in this little weight class that people want to see these fights can sort of go out here and make a deal and make a fight. They're like the UFC can. Because the UFC has no problem at all doing it. And we're going to see it here in a couple weeks. So, I mean, like, I, I just hope that these deals get made a lot better. And, you know, I can get Lex more into boxing. That's why I'm talking your head off now. Because to get you more than this boxing game, is now is to understand it. It's, it's getting to the point to where now we got heavyweights now starting to get back more prevalent and it's starting to get more popular. You know, saying Deontay Water came back with a nice knockout. He's still the second best heavyweight in the game. He can still make a lot of money and he can still have some good fights with some good things going on. So there were there you have that. So I, I I hope that you keep watching and you know saying and then for the next UFC for two eighty one, it's gonna be a banger. Sir, most definitely. Man, you know, I, I got this. I got this question for you. You know, if 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 there if there is a if there is a boxing match, because I remember you do have some names where I'm like that. So I, I would say that you are more on the side of saying that you you've watched Terrence Crawford fight, but you have you have you did you did not say you have you seen Errol Spence fight? To be honest with you, uh, Sauce, I haven't really seen much. Of boxing, I just read about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I definitely got to try to make time for one of those like Saturday boxing matches. You know? I got you. I got you. I'm a, and I'm gonna keep you. I'm gonna keep you aboard on that too. I'm gonna keep you definitely, definitely keep you on the, on alert on that. Give you notification on that. So you know, uh, we we sit here was able to talk about the uh, the postseason now heading to the World Series. We got the Phillies. Going up against the Astros, like I said, we both going for the Phillies pretty heavily. Yeah. Um, uh, we 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 mentioned UFC 280 and the the, the greatness of that uh, night in Dubai. Uh, with you know, I would say a little bit of a low light of saying that TJ Dillashaw kind of ruined that. Uh, um, I think he kind of ruined a co-main event a little bit because I think if you would have been prepared, you know, saying to tell Dana White that hey, I got a serious shoulder shoulder injury. He could have got you put together pretty good. I think he would have he would have took care of you, and I think he would have set up something nice for you, and he set you up for a little tune-up fight. And he could have got Aljamain a better opponent to have a better uh, entertaining, uh, uh, you know, say title defense. Because like like Daniel Cormier said, you know, this title this title right here don't get defended a lot, and you know, you you are a person that's now going to be holding it down. So it's like he he understands that, and, and you know. And this fight kind of like was kind of like a gimme with some food, you know. It, like TJ Dillashaw really couldn't do that; he couldn't do nothing. So hopefully, hopefully, you know, what I'm saying he don't come down too hard on TJ if he just you know releases him, he releases him. But you know, he might end up sitting there saying, "Well, you you, you might he might put him in a gauntlet fighting against some some guys that are coming up that are killers," you know, what I'm saying because he he will do that. Yeah, Daddy Dana White might make him a gatekeeper. That's what I'm saying, and that, that could be <laughs> He did it to BJ Penn, and BJ Penn, you know, was getting his head cooking off, mm. and it was it was getting real ugly, and you know, <laughs> it was very bad. Yes. It, it was very bad. But you know, Lex, I appreciate you coming on. But before we do cut off, I do want to sit there and say I'm watching 
the um, I'm watching the, the New York Knicks and the Orlando Magic, and um, with with uh, Brunson being you know saying the leader of the team, he's not looking not looking too bad. You know what I'm saying? You got Derrick Rose coming off the bench and every 48 and stuff like that. Are you going to be looking at going to any games in the Mass Square Garden? This no. He said, <laughs> he said, no. I will give it a try. Maybe I'll do a sports park one day, maybe perhaps. Mm-hmm. Them Nick prices are kind of crazy. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I feel you. Um, any any um any early season players that you looking at that you you know saying you're young, you know, saying or players coming back. You know, saying veterans. Did you any players that any favorite players that you looking at at the beginning of the season? In the NBA, I'm just looking at teams. Mm-hmm. So you know, uh, Cavs are in my top five for the East, and the Timberwolves mm-hmm. top five. Okay, but again, on TikTok. So at least the T Wolves in particular. <laughs> and I and I've watched a little bit of the T Wolves, man. And they they've looked. Um, they look pretty good. I just think, you know, like I said, Daniel Russell got to stay healthy, man. He's got to be the floor general. He's got two bigs. He's got to score, you know, saying the wing slasher, Anthony Edwards. So, I mean, like, they, they, they got so much, you know, saying good upside. The bench got to be, you know, aware of their roles. And I think they could be good in the West if they just let all that come together. They got to stay healthy, too. You know, that's the main thing, especially for Daniel, for Daniel Russell. Hell but yeah. I, I have seen them and they have looked good. They look better than the Los Angeles Lakers, which I don't want to talk about right now. I do not want to talk about them. Um, but you know, I, I got a I got a I got a very chatty dog that's that's, that's going crazy outside. <laughs> I apologize for the for the listeners on that. But okay. uh but uh we're gonna go ahead and end this for now. But Lex, thank you for coming on. Chad, thank you for uh, having your correspondence as well. Thank you, Source Talk. I appreciate you. It's always an honor and a privilege. Much, much, much respect. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, hopefully the winter meetings go good for the Yankee camp, and we can, you know, say get some things together and see what Aaron Judge is going to do. Because yeah, you yeah. know, you know, like I said, we, we already know what the writing on the wall, especially what he said after the game. You know, he's a free agent. We we hey if you go you go we we're the Yankees we're gonna get somebody that's gonna you know just just hit 30, 40 home runs don't worry <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that that's how it goes whenever yeah. that someone is you know we can't believe he left teams turn it around or keep going yeah I mean that's crazy and you know like you mentioned it with Bryce Harper I mean he left Nationals won a World Series you know. <laughs> It, it it's crazy how it happens. You would sit there, you wonder, you're like, how? How did that happen? It happens. And, you know, teams, they try to get a, a certain, a lot of players, and it just don't work out. And I, I hate that it happens to be the Yankees on, the, on that occasion. Yeah. Damn it, how the hell, how the hell, how the hell it happened with the Cubs, man? Cubs, tell us a secret. Because that was a magical year, man. Because I tell you what, by getting Lester and, and getting that all together, getting the Rodgers Chapman at that time, and and all that working out with Chris Bryant and Tony Rizzo and those guys, man, and Cal Swarber, man, I said, God, Duncan, that was magical. That's oh, he's he's a good player. He's a good player. Mitchell Roberts is a good player, man. Good player. He's our best. 
he's high percentage. Yeah, he, he's a good. He, he, I, I'm like I said, y'all ain't gonna let him go. Yeah, because you know Jared Allen. You know, like Jared Allen is. Jared Allen's gonna get you the high percentage points. No, but he's but he's doing doing defense and what you what he would bring. I mean, they're in that same bucket. But I think Mitchell Robinson's a way better athlete. Yeah, but yeah, man, soft talk. Like I said, this right here. Like I said, this is more in the barbershop talk format. But you know, with uh, Lex Anderson right here bringing that sports opinion log, he's gonna bring it. He's gonna bring the the, the most. Truthful, honest. I, like I said, you are brutally honest, man. I'm telling you that. I keep getting real is all I know, honestly. Hey, that, 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 okay. Well, uh, I'm gonna keep you on real quick. Give me a brutal, brutal honesty on Russell Westbrook. Uh, nothing to be honest with you. The Lakers tried to move him in the off season. It wasn't successful, and this is the end result. <laughs> like, like I tell you, look. 44, 47 million. I'm not going to cry for Russell Westbrook and the Lakers. They're multimillionaires. The man wears, what, one $5,000 jeans. Like, I'm not going to cry for Westbrook. Like, you know, hey, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I don't care. I'll still be a fan. You can see it in my Avi. Look at me. Laker gold jersey (laughs) in the background. Like, I'll always represent, you know? Mm Are you – you got to be pleased with Anthony Davis. Well, you know, I will tell you this much, though, about the Lakers. Um, stay in playoff contention. That's all I ask. And don't let a losing streak go too crazy. So the mm-hmm. open three, obviously, is an example of them going crazy already. You mm-hmm. know, But uh, the next three games is going to be – Denver, Minnesota, and Denver again. So the Lakers mm. eventually go 0 and 6. <laughs> oh my lord. And you know, the Pelicans are gonna be dangling that draft pick around like, hey, um, just letting y'all know we got a we got a Laker first rounder. They're they're kind of shit in the bed right now. I guarantee you, you watch. That that pick is gonna be dangled around and they're gonna end up getting a nice little piece to help their team out some more. Couple pieces, couple bench pieces, or whatever like that, or a big, you know, saying something that were in a stock to maybe come with a draft pick down the future. But yeah. they can use that draft pick to get a nice little something. Maybe you know, what if they put a package together, get you know, Bradley Bill. You know what I'm saying? You know, maybe you know, Washington wants win Bamiama because basically that's what they're dangling around. If the Lakers go out there and shit the bed and be zero and eight and start out like that, that may put some interest in some teams where they say, hey. That's a win, Bam Yamba pick. Hey, you know what? I'm all about the future, so do what you need to do. Exactly, Mundo. Exactly, Mundo. Because I'm looking at Cal. Uh, I'm looking at Paolo Banchero right now. I'm looking at Franz Wagner. I'm looking at Mitchell Robinson. You know, I'm looking at these guys, and you know, the style of basketball is, you know, win, Bam Yamba is going to come in and just like you. You're going to be like, how can we deal with a seven foot four? Because look, I'm looking at Bo Bo. He came down the lane, and it looked weird. I mean, you know, because he, he just, you know, it's his eyes built. But he basically did a a, a freaking seven-foot-five wingspan pro flying, you know, in the air just like on, on contact. And it's just crazy how he can do it. And, you know, Paolo Benchero's got 15 points. It's not even halftime yet. You know, it, it's like these players are going to be so good. But when Wim Bamba gets in this damn league, and you're looking at a seven foot four guy who can do step back jumpers, 
can bring the ball down court, run the point guard, run the pick and roll, block shots, guard, you know, uh, 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 can guard you face up and all that stuff. That's scary. Scary. Yeah, but you know I'm not a fan of tall, thin players. OKC and Chet Holmgreen, hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's that. <laughs> but but did you see did you see the difference of of, of frailness between Holmgren and Wimbam Yamba though? I mean, I'm just you know I don't, the the over. I get what you're saying though. One guys, you know Yao Ming like injuries, man. You know these guys are penciled in. Sean Bradley, like you said, Ball Ball, right? Yeah. Or, or Taco Fall, right? Like, come on. Like, people all – I'm like, don't get me wrong. This kid looks way more agile. Got handle. He's nailing threes. But, you know, will it translate to withstanding the physical rigors of being an NBA athlete? Yeah. I mean, that that, that is – I mean, it's always a risk because, you know, like you said, Chad Oakley's not playing this year. Chad Oakley's <laughs> not playing this year. I mean, you, you, I mean you, you hit me with a point to where it's like, yeah. I mean, Ted O's not playing. Kevin Durant, you know, he was able to sit there and go a good career without really getting hurt until he hurt his Achilles. So, I mean, like, you had players that, that was able to sit there and go through it. But, you like you said, Bobo can't hurt. He got hurt his first year coming in, and now he's playing now. Um, we, we look at players like Michael Porter Jr., who's who dealt with back injuries with his with his frame. And being tall, he's like 6'10", six, 6, 6'11". Six, mm. I mean, you, that is a thing. I mean that is. I mean, look at Lamelo Ball. Even I mean, he's look at his frame, and he's six, 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 seven, and his legs. I mean, like we're feared now. He's got an ankle injury, and he's playing his first three games. So I mean, like it, it's it's those things to where it's like how players go. We look at Anthony Davis. He's street clothes for crying out loud. I yep. mean, and he's the most clumsiest of the, all that name. Well, Kawhi did low bridge him that bum. So. Uh... <laughs> I don't know how he didn't get ejected, but whatever. <laughs> I swear, I man. <laughs> he's a boom. Nah, cool. Kawhi Leonard, man, he's the boom. He's probably the, like, like he probably might be the strongest player in the NBA, but he looked like the most like, like, like this, like, it's like a slump. Yeah, like, like if they grabbed you, yeah, it's, 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 right? Exactly what he just said. He just seemed like he could hurt you, but he's not the strongest player in the world. But it's just like if you bump into him or you just nudge him or something like that, I bet you that did hurt. Like, it's like, damn, man. Like, what are you made of? That's what I think of Kawhi Leonard. Like, he just seems like he just made out of vibranium or something, man. But he always hurt. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. looks like an old man. It's just weird. Weird. You're right. It's crazy with me. And then LeBron James is freaking made out of vibranium. But he gets hurt and he's on the ground looking like he's dead. Gets up. I'm good. Hits a three. I mean, it's just it's, it's crazy. But you know, people people in and, and, and I would say with athletic abilities or whatever like that with sports, like people sit there and you look at the the person with muscle and all that stuff like that. But it's like, you know, Carl Malone, you know, he played all those years and you know, like and it, it got to the end and where he started breaking down, you look at people like that, you know. He played a long time, a long time, you know, right. Ben Wallace, you know, Shaq, you know, those guys, you know what I'm saying, like, the, 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 you know what I'm saying, we appreciate the, the lift that they can play, you know what I'm saying, the guys that can play that extended lift. You know, Yao Ming, unfortunately, only got to play that good high, maybe six, seven years, and we then we got to see that. 
You know, and we and Yao Ming wasn't no was no bad player. A little soft. You can tell by the way he to his back that he wasn't dope. Right. It was a little Well, Yao Ming was more like a NBA gimmick to get Chinese dollars. China. So they had touch. He had touch though, man. He had touch. Yeah, he had touch. And then you know you give Yao Ming in the paint, all right? Huh? Shaq brutalized Yao Ming in the oh, paint. Shaq did it there, Shaq. But Yao Ming got dunked on by every slashing guard in the NBA. Like superstar, star. Um, if you're just an athletic freak, you maybe got a chance to dunk on Yao Ming. Who's seven foot seven? How sad. What? Right. It's oh, that's a trap. It's the head and neck. I think I think I think what uh Sean Bradley it's terrible it's, it's terrible to bring up, but it's just like how do you hit a seven foot seven guy on a bike? That's like looking at a bear riding a bike. That's like so like a my peripherals, everything you can see that. Like how can you hit a seven foot seven person on a bike? Because people are people ain't shit. They probably meant to do it on purpose. All right. Or not paying any type of attention, like literally, like, like I, then, then you know people will stare at their phones while they drive. Yeah, true. Are on their phones while they drive. Yeah, and it, it's embarrassing, man. And it, it, it's true. People ain't shit. And it's just like he's he's now crippled. He's like a seven foot seven person confined to a wheelchair, man. Oh, man. That's tough, man. That is just tough when you think about that. I mean, proud of the name Sean Bradley. I thought of that. It was just like that's just unbelievable. That just um, that's like what you call it, unfortunate. Uh, you know, one of those uh, freak accidents that that like I said, just somebody could be just a real piece of shit on their phone, not giving a damn. Where mighty sit there and be like, "Man, get out of my way!" and hit him on purpose. Mm. It's wild, man. It's a wild game out here, man. You know what I'm saying? We could, like it, it's it's. Uh, you know, Sean Bradley was a was a lottery pick. That kid was a lottery pick. Came in the league and then you know he didn't live up to it. And you know he had good moments here and there, but he ended up being. He, I know he made space there, but he was in the NBA for quite a bit. You know, mm-hmm. but um, I, I you know the players that come in like that with that type of height, you know, or hype. You look at somebody like a big country. Uh, you remember Big uh, Reeves, Christopher Reeves. Uh, Christopher Reeves, what's his name? I said Christopher Reeves. Big, they called him Big Country, Big Reeves, man. He was just, he had skill. Yeah, Vancouver, Big Country, yeah, Vancouver Grizzlies. They they took him on the, when they took him on the expansion draft. He was like seven foot, but he was like he was overweight. Yeah, but he had skill. Like he had real good skill, and he can rebound. You know, you know, if you was big, if you was if you was seven foot, you was gonna make it. You know, what I'm saying back then, you didn't really have to be no, you know, uh, muscular or or athletic freak or nothing like that. Not like today, because you got your seven footers now, and it's lean and got you know, you know, definition. And, you got your fat Robinson. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That that Chris Lofton Jr. that they just drafted. If you know how to use your frame, you don't have to be super athletic. You don't have like. Yeah, but he had to retire early because he... I'm just talking yeah. about like with, right. like Zach Randolph. Right? Yeah, yeah, Zach Randolph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach Randolph had a little bit more athletic ability. I was but saying. he used his strength. Yes. He didn't jump over nobody. Nobody. Right. You know what I mean? Right. 
he just knew how to play the game of basketball and knew how to use his body to create space and get his shot off. Yeah. Anthony Mason. Anthony Mason, man. He used that strength. You know what I'm saying? Hey, sometimes it just got off. Right? Yeah, man. <laughs> Anthony Mason was a character. You know? <laughs> that guy was a character. He was a beast. Huh? He was a beast. I saw. Oh Anthony yeah, was yeah. He was a beast, man. Yeah. And even when he went to play with Charlotte, like he, he was, he was, you know, like he was Draymond before Draymond. If you want to think about it, he had the tight hands that you would rather get punched than smacked by that man. Like they were so massive. Yeah. And this free throw was so funny. Like so funny. He would dribble, dribble, get all the way low, dead low, and then talk to himself and just go up and shoot. I'm like, what is he saying? Like. He was funny, man. Like he makes some good little passes here and there. He was a good, good player when they lost Oakley. I, I think you could do a nice little, real clip or something like that of just people's routines when they go to shoot the free throws. Yeah, There's some funny it's some ones. funny ones, man. I think through the years, you know, Jason Kidd, you know, his stuck out. Uh, Rip Hamilton. Um, there's a bunch, bunch of little free throw routines that was something else. Reggie Miller was always something because he had to go and put that powder on before he shoots a free throw. Let me go and put this powder on real quick. My friend's like, that's your damn first free throw, Reggie. Chill out, man. You know, that was funny. Uh, but yeah, that the NBA through the years has always been, you know, through the 75. I, you know, that's something I never really got to, I never talked about the 75 years in the NBA, you know what I'm saying? Like, or like the history of whenever I started watching it. But it's just like, Lex, like, when, like, when, when, when would you say, like, when was your, like, first, like, full season in the NBA that you were just like, man, like, I'm invested in this? Good Lord. Well, me being so old, let me see if I could jog my memory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, back in the NBA on NBC years. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's when um, I started really watching it. back. Yeah, back when the NBA was on free TV, including the finals. You know, you ain't have yeah. to have cable at the time. Yeah. So that's when I began to watch, like, you know, Magic and the Lakers. And I was like, oh, these guys are pretty cool, you know? But that was everybody. Yeah, everybody yeah. Everybody had the big antennas. Yeah, I, well, yeah we, had the, we had the joint where, like, you know, the channels that he kept going up, the fuzzier they get with like those local channels, like the channels where NBC, they were, they was ready to rock and roll. And when that music come on, or inside the NBA with, uh, uh, I forgot his name, um, Amar Rashad, Amar Rashad. Um, yeah. And, you know, but, you know, that, that was, you know, and, you know, you, you, like you said, you watched Magic, you, you watched the times with Magic Johnson. You know what I'm saying? Coming up in the you know late eighties, nineties, you know, it was magic, you know what I'm saying? So Michael Jordan was coming in the fold, you know what I'm saying? You got to see the, the Jordan hype. So it's like that that right there is kind of like where I got to come up and watch the Kobe hype. And I think it came up totally different, of course. But you know, there was a moment of like greatness and dominance, but Jordan had to be the more dominance. But it's like, you know, I think for every era to have that player. At least to every area that has that player to grow up in is pretty cool. I just missed Magic's turn. Mm-hmm. I got I got Jordan's yeah. code. You're right. Like, See, I, I saw Jordan's last coach, last ring, <laughs> last two rings, and then 
Kobe. I think you got it though. Iris and yeah, Shaq. Iris and Shaq. So oh good. yeah, yeah. That's what we do at that time, man. Yeah, Kobe, Kobe, Iris and Shaq, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett. You know, just the dynasty of the Spurs. Right. Like, well, you know what? Hearing all this ring talk, I got a little story here. Okay. Um, I used to work in the NBA's retail division. Uh, during the finals, they pull out you know a ring from every season have it on display and it, you know, the rings would be uh, given by a player or whatever. And so one night, you know, when security was pulling the rings out, I was like, yo, can I try that bulls ring? You know, with the one with the bulls head, Yeah. I slipped it on my finger and I was like, Oh my God, it's beautiful. And then when I looked to see, you know, the player whose ring it was, it was Jordan's ring. And I'm like, wow. oh, God. And just touched a ring that Michael Jordan had. That, that's wonderful, man. Yeah, that's, that's dope. That's dope. That's dope. And, and one more, I was helping a Laker executive. Because, you know, when the teams win, all the executives get rings too, you mm -hmm. know? He had the three-peat triangle one. And I'm like, oh, man, that ring is so sweet. I'm a big Laker fan. Brother man took it off because he was a brother, you know. He took it off. He's like, "Would you like to try it on?" Oh man, give it I'm here! Like, yo, <laughs> I honestly, at one moment in my life, I understood what the power of Shazam felt like. <laughs> <laughs> like I put, I put it on. I looked at my finger, the three peat with the diamonds, the three triangles. Oh man. I, I yes. raised my hand up in the air like Shazam too, all that, yo. And I was like, that's why I was like, no matter what happens in my life, LA all day, every day, 24-7. Yes, sir. And you know, and, and that's crazy, man. Like, I can't claim the three P. You know, I can't I can't claim the three P. I was a big fan of Kobe, but I was like I was a Pacer fan. And my transition to the Lakers was like a five-year wait, like, no no doubt. Like, I was not a Pacers fan for, like, five years. I was, like, a fan of the NBA. Like, I was a big Chris Paul fan, so I would represent, you know, the Hornets. But it wasn't, you know, like, that's my team. I couldn't really just be like, yeah, I, the Hornets. It just didn't fit right. And I will never forget when Chris Paul got traded to the Lakers, man. I was like, this, this, this does it right here. Like, this does it. And when they rescinded that trade, Through that time, 
know, to celebrate a championship in the bubble, which I'm cool with. You know what I'm saying? We didn't get the parade, but that's a ring that I've been supporting the Lakers. It took that long. It took going through Ramon Sessions, uh, fucking Jeremy Lin, to uh, 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 having, uh, what's his name, Lance Stevenson on the team. Hell, we've had freaking uh, uh, Ron Artest who got a ring we couldn't get one out of Stevenson. So, I mean, like, it, it, it's just like we got one with AD, LBJ, and had a, had a, had a nice uh, cast of players like Dwight Howard, and, and I would give KCP credit. And I would give uh, players like uh, uh, Caruso for his defensive efforts credit. So, I mean, like, I, I can sit there and say as a Laker fan, I got one ring on my belt that I can claim. And that's, 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 that's a true story for you right there. That's what's up. I respect it. Love of the game, baby. There it is. Yeah. Because you would never hear me be like, yeah, baby, three-peat, baby. I would never. You would never hear me say that. I would be like, man, you got the three-peat. You know, I was a patient fan, but I was a I was a diehard Kobe fan because I watched them. You know, what I'm saying like I, I like like me to say watch my YouTube, and but it was like working. You see a clip, and ESPN showed it. And my brother made it uh, recorded on a VC on a VHS. Like man, they go there on oh, after the commercial, they're gonna talk about Kobe, or I seen him in a, on a Sports Illustrated, or they talk about him in a magazine where we have put the names on the college basketball video game. So it's like. That was whenever I would look at his name and be like, oh, it's Kobe. He's averaging 30 points in high school. So it's like, it, 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 it went deep. But I couldn't sit there and be like, I be like, my dad, my uncle would be like, hell no. Hell no. Hell no. And then when Richie Miller retired, I said, man, I can't be a basketball no more. I can't do it. And I just was just fan of NBA. But the more funnier thing is, I was a big fan of Kevin Garnett, but he went up going to the Boston Celtics. So I couldn't. Really, I couldn't really rock with Garnett on it, but I tried it, you know, but I was happy for when he won it, but I was like, damn, he beat a team that I'm trying to be a fan of. But my, you know, the, the I looked at him like the, the lineage of Laker fans of my family is not accepting me. I'm not I'm not in yet. And that's crazy that, you know, saying that, you know, it, it took that long, but I, I, would, I would forever be a Laker. I never switch. But, you know, so there's that. You know, I Taz over here, he's a, He's a Yankee. He's a, a Knicks fan. He's a Knicks fan over here. You know what I'm saying? Okay. okay. I, I look at the Knicks as like a team that that should have some championships. You know, I would I would be happy for them to win one. Like I would root for them to win a championship. Lord, knows they need to. <laughs> he said he has no comment. <laughs> And, you know, that's a true Knicks fan right there, man. Y'all in a nutshell, no comment. Because why get your hopes up? I get, I dig it. And as a Laker fan, I'm going to be start doing the same thing. I can, I can say one thing. Me being a Knicks fan, as long as I have, I like Mellow. I've always been a big Kobe fan, but I was Mellow over LeBron. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I've always loved Mellow. I had all Mellow shoes and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got him, and he still was really good. But the ISO, he was at the ISO point. Yeah, he wasn't old, fellow. He was to the ISO. I'm gonna still get you. Twenty six. You know what I mean? Thirty. But 
I'm not gonna do it in the flow of the game like I used to when I was young. Right. Yeah, when he went to a West Conference Finals with the Denver Nuggets, he had Chauncey Billups and and it had structure and it flowed and he went to it that and you know, when you when, when you don't when you don't have it, you know what I'm saying, you, you trade the whole team away and that's what came the next became the mellow show. They had no choice. It was just it was it was sad to watch. But you know, it, it, it made some playoff runs, but it was it was unfruitful because in the playoffs you can play because win a team and then he was hurt for you know, one of them and they really couldn't do nothing. J.R. Smith went party in the club like we got mellow, we good. No, we needed you too, Jr. <laughs> I just don't know if you noticed or not. We needed you too. Yeah, start going to the club, man. Start feeling himself. And just say how it happens. You know, we we talked about you know Odell Beckham how he blew it in the uh, in the game against the Green Bay with the boat. And sometimes you feel yourself. I mean, you feel yourself. You get the, you get smelling your piss. You get humble. You know, it, it goes all phases of life in sports. You know, a lot of players get humbled a lot. You know, it's one of the things that was showing on any given Sunday, but you get humbled a lot. You know, Cam Newton, who was a big fan of, got humbled. But injuries, playing that running back role, I think he probably should have pulled back on it a little bit. But it wouldn't have been MVP year. It wouldn't have been Cam. So it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bittersweet thing with his NFL career. But it's a humbling moment to where I think the way he kind of carried himself and stuff like that, you know, I think there was a moment to where when he was sitting there saying, like, there's no there's no 32 quarterbacks better than me. I, I, it's true. But I would think, like, going back into the NFL, you could have did it a lot better where I think he could have earned more chances than just getting the call back from the Carolina Panthers and now nothing to where you're forced to say, I'm retiring like a tall girl. It sucks. I hate it because he still should be playing football. But, you know, it, it, this game is tough and this game is hard. And it's like you, you hope that you can make it there and be like a Drew Brees, a Peyton Manning, a, a, a Tom Brady, or, you know, players that's even below them that got to play longer than that. But, you know, it's tough. Because now look who's now getting pushed out slowly and slowly. And even after getting big money, Russell Wilson. Slowly trying to push him out. He's not having no more. He's done. They're making jokes, memes, all that. Well, that's just because of his play. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's the same thing we can't do. That's what I'm saying. So, right. it's not, I'm not saying it's nothing that's foul play. It's just because of their bad play. I'm not saying. I'm saying that's how the that's how the veteran gets pushed out the NFL now. It's like when you are now like, okay, we can we can get a younger player to do that. It's different now to where back then, even even like I, the, the older players got more shots. They got more goes at it. Now it's like if you hit a point to where you've lost a step, your ass is trickling out of there. You're gone. As soon as Travis Kelsey starts to lose a step, we're not going to see Travis Kelsey. I mean, it's just it's the bottom line. What would we say, Lex? That's the nature of the beast, though, when it comes to the NFL. Yeah. I mean, it's it's more and more prevalent now. When you start to lose a step, you notice now. They players disappear. You're like, where the hell they go? Like Megatron. <laughs> and he knew it. He Brighton was on the wall. And some of those players know it. They go in and gracefully bow out. Yep. 
feel like I ain't gonna sit there and be caught no shell of myself and stuff like that because he knew that he was taking 30 minutes to get out of bed. So he wasn't gonna kid himself. Why? Why? You're so young. Right. You got a lot of life. Exactly. I mean, you get it, but that sucked. Yeah, it did. Patrick Willis, middle linebacker, San Francisco 49ers, beast. He understood. Like, damn, man, I would hate to come out here and look shitty. I need to go ahead and call it quits because I'm starting to look a little shitty. And then people going to be like, Patrick Willis lost a step. It just sucks whenever Megatron's that young. And if Patrick Willis was too. Right. Mm-hmm. Both of them. Mm-hmm. I'm just Yeah, I, I know. And if it wasn't for injuries, the nature of the beast, which is you won't get hurt. Mm-hmm. If he could have doing better, but sometimes they pile up and there is no working through. Like you said, 30 minutes to get out of bed. That's not just one or two injuries. Yeah. You've been injured several times over and over. Right. You know, some people are, and you know, everybody's so different because like, if you, um, hey Lex, are you familiar with the NFL films, um, in a uh, uh, football life? Oh, the yeah. documentaries, yeah, I did catch you, occasional. Yeah, did you did you see the Curtis Martin one? No, that I did not. Man, Curtis Martin, man, he he might be like, I mean, there's probably people who got tough stories and got tough stories, but you look at somebody that, that's prolific, a Hall of Fame, a running back like Curtis Martin, he was a tough son of a bitch, yeah. like playing through everything, playing through everything, man. And like in in doing what he do at a high level, it is just like and not shying away from one second. Not exactly <laughs> like he Curtis, my favorite Martin man. Like he was like sitting there, like he was telling a story. Like he said he was literally in tears in the backfield, but he got like an eight yard gain or first down. You know what I'm saying? Like he he said he said his knee was hurt so bad that he was literally a tear was coming down his face. Mm-hmm. In the backfield, man, and he was like, "I," he was like, "I had to get it." Right. Wow. I had to get it. And you know, it's just like, wow, man, it's just like you you hear these stories, and it's just like his is just like I was just like, wow, man, it's just like, well, there there's there's been a shift. It used to be people did p- play their hearts out, and they did. There were a lot more players like him. Mm-hmm. And gave it their all mm-hmm. and didn't worry about life after football. Right now, it's shifted, and now right. life after football is point. the the it's first. That's a great point. They put it first. Yeah, ain't nobody selling uh, like there's a few a, a lot of defensive players probably, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, but they're worried about their health first. Yeah. Because there's more marketability for these players now. I like like Juju, like 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 Juju Smith Schuster can retire today and make money. Right. And that's also the more realization of the nature of the beast. Mm-hmm. You know your time is limited. Right. You've seen it over right. and over. They're just finally changing the narrative. Right. You know what I mean? Because yeah, it's dope to give it your all and go. Work just play through everything and give pour your heart out mm-hmm. on the field. But when you got a family to feed after you like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's that's a lot to that's all fine and dandy until the bills start to pile all right. up. And yeah. you can't do it. Those game checks are week to week. And it's like soon as football over, you don't get paid for yourself. 
So it's like you gotta find ways to get paid outside of that, and you got people with endorsements, things like that. And that's why I say, for the new generation player, they shouldn't be disrespectful for the player that came up because they made the reason for the TV deals and everything like that. And y'all helped out too. Ain't no taking it back for that. It ain't just you. But a lot of people sort of paved the way for today's NFL player or today's athlete in all sports. Because, I mean, even down to the soccer players. I mean, Pele wasn't making the money that Ronaldo's making or Messi making. You know, Serena Williams is making money that these girls that back then weren't making, you know, uh, uh, nowhere close. But they had the popularity. They had the stuff. They, they maybe get a lot of shit free just like these people do today. So, I mean, like, yeah, in some capacity – they were walking around like these people that's making a hundred million dollar deals and stuff like that. But you got podcasters now signing a hundred million dollar deal. Million dollars worth of games is now signing a hundred million dollar deal. You got you got you got that going on. Sky's the limit. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, this is why this is why me and Lex are sitting there saying the ultimate mani- the ultimate maniacs, man. Like 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 we trying to get a piece of that all day, brother. That's what it's about. That's the end game, right? So it's like <clears throat> that's. You know, it's, it's it's crazy to where like that's the that's the outlook to where like say like a cream do the bar on the flip side of where he's been so disrespectful. It's kind of like yeah, hey, fuck you, cream, to where we don't we don't want to respect you because he's shown disrespect to the new age. Because like there's a flip side of that. There's sometimes to where the the old player that, that paved the way can be disrespectful. He's with at LeBron. He's with at Kyrie. And it's just like bro, we 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 respected you for you being the captain, being cap. You, 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 the skyhook. Why are you got to be so, so, you know, militant? I just, I just think, me personally, it doesn't bother me because he's, I mean, you already know his demeanor. You know what he's going to give you. Yeah. He's going to give you his opinion. Yeah. If you ask him a question, he's going to give you his opinion. Right. You're probably not going like it. So, somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, it, well, they damn just started asking questions at a mighty good time where LeBron about to break his record, and he just got real disrespectful. <laughs> it was like a moment to where I think, but I think they were giving Kareem a chance. Alex, you may agree. They were giving Kareem a chance to be like, oh man, if he breaks it, you know, it's a long record. Or I've loved LeBron. He's, I respected his game. Or man, LeBron has been so great for basketball. But they were giving him opportunity. They was giving him. This road here, take this road, Craig. Well, take this road, road Craig. He's driving the car. <laughs> you asked me. You feel me? <laughs> Just like Sugar Sean O'Malley. Yeah. Uh, Give what Dave Cormier really wanted out of the oh, interview. Yeah. That interview. Yeah. 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 He was driving the car. If you got to respect somebody for that, you don't know. I, I get it. It's good TV. But, I mean, I think that is, too, because you're getting a real – I look at it as him being a pure hater. I mean, a lot of times I don't take LeBron's side or this, but it's just – I don't think it's side taking, but it's just like if I was LeBron, if I was in his shoes, I would be like, damn, Kareem. Like, like damn, okay. bro. Like, yeah. that's what's up. I like, that's okay, though. He's showing you. I mean, at least he's keeping true to it. You know? Yeah, I guess so, man. I guess so. I guess so. You got to respect people who they don't. Hide who they are. Yeah, I guess you're right. Which which reminds me, I gotta watch Derek Jeter's uh, documentary, man. I gotta watch that. I'm, I'm sleeping on that. I gotta watch it because they were saying that he was something else. You know, they said he was something else. I gotta I gotta peep at. It. It's very soon. 
But uh, we, 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 huh? They, I mean, they were just saying that he, you know, he was a competitor, you know, then like, like, like how Jordan was on those clips, you know, when he was like, like hey, like, your ass, you know what I'm saying? So I want to see that. Um, we didn't talk, we didn't talk Lex's head off enough. I'm gonna go ahead, I'm gonna go ahead and end the damn thing, but we ended it twice, maybe three times. <laughs> Chop it up with the sauce talk. Y'all know, man. Hey, that's how I, as I told you, man. It can go like this. You know what I'm saying? Here, I wanted to do an hour. Here, we on hour 39. But, you know, that that's the that's the thing for the for the listeners, you know, that they want to keep listening and be like, man, don't stop. Hey, we, we might not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We might not. And then we had a third voice come in. That, that was all the greater thing. So now we're going to argue to end it on this note. And uh, like I said, I'll probably put some, probably put my thing in front of this or something like this or whatever and make it sound cool. But yeah, that's the end of the episode. Hey, Lex, you take it easy. What's that? I said, you take it easy. Oh, yeah. You too, brother. Both of you guys. Thank you very much for the time. Greatly Mm -hmm. appreciated. And let's see how uh, the rest of the sports world season plays out. Got a lot of stuff. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Until the next time, Soft Talk is out. Later.